and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Let me try to do the opening as if I was doing it in Sean Connery's voice. Should I try it? Uh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll let me do a test first before anything. It's like... Um, Oh, Greetings like... and welcome to the trash tapes. Oh, the tabernacle. I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm, the pistol I'm... or the penis? Pistol or the penis? Seems that you've got your magical doodahs ready. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do Sean Connery. <laughs> Some kind of like a just... Scottish monster. <laughs> I just kind of broke into that, didn't I? All right, okay. There will be moments where I'll go into the Sean Connery, but I don't think I'm going to do it justice. Boys? Boys? Stop watching that trash! One man's trash is another man's torture. Starring Johan Chappal as the inflictor of pain, and Edward Harvey as the victim. From Studio Enigmatic comes the trash tapes. And welcome to the third episode of the Trash Tapes, where one man's trash is another man's torture. And uh, we've got a lot to unpack today. So what we have here, we have Edward Harvey, who like this to me as usual. Hello. Hi. And I am Johan Chapal, your host and the inflictor of pain, where every, basically once a month I go over to Edward's house with beers and snacks, and we watch a terrible movie and see how long we can tolerate this. Um, <laughs> but we have to tolerate the entire thing. We've had to tolerate the entire thing, sometimes for the better for it or for the worse of it. Because I don't think we could do an accurate episode on it if we turned it off, like, halfway. <laughs> just like, maybe one day there will be an episode that's so, like, it's so bad that we actually have to say we have to stop it, right? We can't continue it's too much yeah. or it's too shit <laughs> for those who this for this might be like your first time listening to us so for you guys welcome and you must be subscribed to one of the many new platforms now we're on everywhere now which yeah, excites we're me taking, we're slowly trying to take over the internet <laughs> yes eventually you'll see our faces which are uh, the artwork we've got now recently thanks mm. to lee 
It's, it's looking amazing. Yeah, no, it's really, really good. You've used Lee before, haven't you? I've used yeah. Lee before, and I'm so glad I got him on board with this. Um, all right, so this episode, this one's a doozy. The reason why this is a doozy is because I think the only reason we wanted to watch this movie was because of one picture. We saw one picture, and we said to ourselves, we need to watch it. And that picture is of Sean Connery in a red nappy and a long ponytail. With a gun belt. With a gun with dual gun belts holding a pistol in the most sexually provocative way I think I've ever seen anyone hold a gun. It's like weird how he's got Lara Croft hair. <laughs> it does. He's got the long ponytail. Braided ponytail. Like it's, it's, it, it, That looks like if Lara Croft had a slow day. It's like, I'm not going to dress up. It was awful. And that and that led us to decide and say, you know what, fuck it. We're going to watch this. And that episode today is Zardoz. 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 Zardoz speaks to you. His chosen ones. The gun is good. First impression, just like a summary of like what you think the movie is, or what do you th- or what do you like about the movie? Do you want to share that? Um, yeah, I, I just think that they're they're trying to go for some kind of arty post-apocalyptic kind of uh, s- like study of humanity, aren't they? And yeah. Kind of like re like let let's let's learn again what it is to be human, and it's kind of trying to do that, but it's there's, there's so many confusing things going on that mm. it kind of distracts from the main story and you're kind of watching it and you're thinking, yeah, well, I, I kind of get what you're trying to do, but why are you being so complicated about it? What, what, what I was constantly telling you throughout the movie, it's like, this feels like a hippie, like a hippie's dream, a yeah. fever dream, a drug-fueled fever dream written by hippies who believe in yoga and chakras. Mm. Because it's just like... Because they talk about auras and crystals, and it's like it's all new wave stuff, right? Yeah, and they've all got these rings, haven't they? they, they yeah. yeah, like, you know, they, they, all, they look like gigantic mood rings. Yeah. Um, again, it feels like if you went into one of those alternative spiritualist shops and say, make a movie out of everything you see in the shop... I think that's what you'd get with Zardoz. Yeah. Mine, yeah, I think that's, I think to be honest, that pretty much sums up the whole thing in mm. terms of just like a basic tone with, with like a genuine deep and internal meaning. But it's so batty and arty and pretentious. I think pretentious is a word. Definitely. That it gets lost. No. <laughs> completely. What, what, do you know, what do you know about the director? Do you know, have you done any research? On oh, that? right. So here's a go. All right. So. <clears throat> This is the backstory of Zardoz and how yeah. Zardoz happened. Okay, so Zardoz is a 1974 Irish American sci fi film that is directed by John Borman. Mm. Now, if you do not know who John Borman is, John Borman is actually quite a prolific director. But oh. in 1972, he did Deliverance. All oh, right, okay. But then after that, he did Zardoz. 
And then after that, do you know what movie did afterwards? No. Exorcist to the Heretic. So, in other words, he's gone from, he did a good movie, to two in a row doing some famous shit. Yeah. And, and again... That's not going to do your career any good, is it? It doesn't. Two, two bad movies in a row. And not just that. If you look at... If, have, you, you've seen, uh, have you seen Heretic? No. Well, if you haven't seen it, this will definitely, that'll definitely be a future episode. Because it is just insane and just as confusing as Zardoz, but imagine yeah. it done to The Exorcist. <laughs> so there he is. So he's done this. So he seems like he, he likes to overcomplicate things in general, not just in that movie. I, th- I think I think his style is let's make it arty and make mm. it really weird and funky, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Mm. Actually, Deliverance wasn't too bad, like in that respect. Was it? Deliverance was good. Yeah, it was streamed. Good it was stemmed down and everything. Mm. It's quite interesting. But yeah, it's uh, it's weird how he's gone from Deliverance to this. Like, where's the jump go? What basically is, is ba- this is more famous, not for John Borman, but it's more famous that it's the, it's Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Sean Connery was the driving force of this movie, right? And yeah. this was considered Sean Connery's second movie after he did James Bond. Because he finished, he did, it's finished with Diamonds, uh, Diamonds Are Forever, I believe he is, right? 1971 mm. or something, right? Yeah. And after that, he was trying to, you know, I think, play out of type. But I don't think anyone wanted that. Everyone just wanted to say, like, oh, you're Bond, so we just hire you for more Bondy stuff. Yeah, like, just, it'll be like a secret agent again, but a different kind of secret agent. It's like, oh, you're just going to be suave and you're going to have sex with women and that's it, because that's all you can do. Mm. No matter what happens with Sean Connery, you, he can never escape James Bond. Mm. Because he's probably one, and he still is probably one of the best James Bonds, you know. Mm. People think Daniel Craig, whatever, but Sean Connery, he made that role. It made it hit to him, which means yeah. when he left, he found it very difficult. But you can see that things got a little desperate. Mm. Now, the movie actually has a budget. Now, you're thinking, like, well, where does it come from? But the movie's budget is actually surprising what you think it is. Only one and a half million dollars. Mm. Which, to be honest, makes a bit of sense now, if you look at some of the things so that's it was that low budget for the time i definitely would think so yeah to be honest i'll give it some credit mm. the effects for the time seemed pretty good i didn't it didn't seem like you know like i was watching it but i think they 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 knew what they could do at that particular time and they yeah. didn't and they didn't push themselves too far into effects wise because None of it looks like ridiculously bad. Like effect, the effects, they, they, they it, look. It doesn't look terrible. No. In fact, some of it's quite impressive. Yeah. But it's so. But then there's moments you can see like they've run out of money. Mm. Like uh, like the weird like I'm have I'm I'm I'll feed you with my knowledge and I give you all my seed. We're literally yeah. just in a black room with semi-naked people. And then by doing that, he gains all the knowledge through osmosis. Which is weird. It means while, because this is what it seems like. While they're having sex, it looks like all these people are reciting like science and literature and language. And it wasn't sexy either. No. Because it was just like a bunch of hands on top of each other again. Then more staring into each other's eyes, and then there's loads of projections, and he spin, 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 spin. No, but I think that's 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 the way it was intentionally like directed. Be, yeah. Because it's just like an arty way of showing knowledge being transferred to have like it's almost like a james bond sequence isn't it you know the intro sequence is oh my god yeah it's because it's it's all all these naked women and men like being projected stuff and words like silhouettes everywhere and kind of 
it's a projected shadows of words on them and stuff like that. It is literally like uh, just James Bond intro, like naked woman swinging on a luger. <laughs> <laughs> That's an image. Saying in seven eight all, and he's like, "Right, got a job to do. Yay! Got work cut out, but I'm going to enjoy this. It, I know it's hard work, but I'm going to enjoy this." How much time do we have? We will take our knowledge by Yeah, you can tell, like we you know, with this cinematography choices and stuff like that. You can tell that they, they think they're making a masterpiece. Like You can tell they're thinking, like, this is going to be very arty and really, like, impressive. And then weird shit happens. And... <laughs> this is so weird. Is this, like, some kind of mating ritual now or something? I don't know what I'm looking at. It's like, I'll give you my knowledge and I will... You'll give me your knowledge and I'll give you my sheed. And that's literally... I, I told... Literature over tits. I, I don't want to think of that. It's like, ima- imagine you're banging a girl and suddenly can see the entire soliloquy of, like, from Shakespeare or something right there. You're like, oh, ooh, Hamlet. Borman was inspired to write Zardoz because originally, and get this, you're going to flip, he was originally was going to adapt The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> what, in that style? Oh, my God, can you think about that? Imagine if The Lord of the Rings movies were done like Zardoz. That would, oh, God, that'd be batshit. Yeah. <laughs> right? So he was, he was writing it while he was waiting for, Zard, for, uh, for Lord of the Rings to happen. But then, but then, United Artists, who at the time owned Lord of the Rings, you're taking too long. We can't do it. So the studio got hesitant and pulled back. But then he got this weird ass script for Zardoz, and so 20th Century Fox went for that and said, "Okay." <laughs> what happened was, it's like, right, we'll give you some money to make your weird, whatever the hell movie it is. We won't give you a lot. Yeah. So this explains some of the cheap tactics that they got around in doing it. Mm. So, for example. John Borman is, a, is an Irishman, okay? The majority of the movie was shot in Ireland. In fact, do you know the bit outside, you know, where you, the, the beginning scene with the floating head? Mm. That's actually shot, like, literally outside his house. God. It's just in the fields outside of his town. Yeah. All right? So he's, there it is, right? And there was loads of other little bits as well. Like, That's like when you're an amateur, amateur filmmaker and you just go and make a film down the park. <laughs> that like all the, all the field stuff is actually outside his house. Yeah. <laughs> now here's the thing that's going to be very interesting for you. Okay. Now, the a couple of things of note. Now Sean Connery, right, was desperate. Mm. Like he was desperate to the point that, do you know? Okay, out of a one and a half million dollar budget, Sean Connery at the time, Sean Connery was, you know, he was James Bond, so he was getting like good money. Mm. How much do you think he was getting for this movie? Well, being as the budget was only one and a half million for the entire production, mm-hmm. then he w- must have. I mean, he, he would have got a, a good percentage of that, but they they needed to spend money on the on the film itself. So he now this is James Bond before you know James Bond. He was getting like a million or two million a movie or something, yeah. right? He went down to two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, 
he did it from that money to like, I fucking need work. Yeah. <laughs> On top of that, he said to save money for the budget of the movie, the money that was budgeted originally for him to get a driver and to even get a hotel, Sean Connery said, fuck that. So Sean Connery stayed in Job Borman's house. <laughs> And paid his wife a small rent to stay there. And on top of that, he drove to the set on his own. And half the money that was originally supposed to go to hiring a car and a driver, only half the money went to him. The other half was used for, I don't know, whatever the fuck crazy costumes that were happening in the movie. That is so crazy to hear. I mean, it's like like he didn't... um... Like he was, like he was so desperate for money. Like he didn't like sort of invest the James Bond money well or something. He just spent it all. How did, yeah, exactly? I'm thinking like you're you're Bond. You should yeah. have some money. He should like he should be have you know a, a certain amount of wealth anyway. Mm. And then he's just kind of like topping up with movies and whatnot. You he, he should you think that like, he would have been all right for for money? But then you think about it. There's like. Maybe he's not des- Maybe he is quite desperate for money for the fact that he put him in that outfit. Mm. <laughs> By that point, anyone would go like, "What the fuck is this outfit?" You know, Sean Connery. You know, the one of the most. By that time, like one of the most well-known actors in the world. Yeah. Fucking in a red nappy, and acting like and saying weird shit for no reason. Yeah, because he hasn't actually got much dialogue, has he? He doesn't. But when he does, it sounds like. It sounds like an it sounds like an intellectual trying to force feed something down you. Mm. Okay. In fact, there was a famous quote from a reviewer, which I'm trying to find as we speak. But the quote is, and I quote, is like, "If this is the sound of intellectual thinking, then Donald Duck deserves a Nobel Peace Prize." <laughs> wow. Mm. That's how scathing the reviews were for this. Okay. Now the movie was absolutely just panned. By yeah. nearly everyone. Mm. But the thing is, the movie's now got a cult following. In fact, yeah. it's got some famous people who enjoy it. Like, for example, Kelsey Grammer loves this movie. Mm. Uh, the director, Ben Wheatley, loves this movie. So he's the one who did, like, High Rise and A Field in England. Loves this movie, okay? Yeah. And it got really popular once it was on VHS and DVD mm. to now that people are saying, like, actually, this movie's really good. Give it a shot. Have a yeah. watch of it. Now, I wouldn't say it's good. <laughs> but... it's, it's just... The thing is, though, I didn't feel like when I was watching it, I didn't feel at any point I wanted to turn it off and I was sick of it. I kind of wanted to... You're kind of dazzled by it. Mm. Because, I mean, the the whole visual side to it is kind of weird, the choices they made, but you can't take your eyes off it. It is kind of engaging, isn't it? Like... Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Again, going back to the whole spiritualist thing, it's like looking at a lava lamp. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, like, staring at this movie and there's loads of weird, funky stuff happening... He's in there, you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Mm. But you're thinking, like, it's cool, though, I guess. <laughs> and, you, yeah. and you kind of want to see where they go with it. I think, I think well, while we were watching, I think we were quite optimistic. Because mm. thinking like, okay, okay, you go somewhere. And then you lost me. And, yeah. I, and then you lost me again. Ah, and then you lost me again. Because <laughs> it, it starts to establish things now and again. That you're thinking, oh, okay, that, that, that's... Like, like, there's a one moment where... The um, the immortals start mm. talking in like a weird language, but they didn't really do that much after that point. It's like it's like some kind of David Lynch backwards <laughs> kind of talking, like. And then, but that that was the only scene I remember that being in. Yeah, I remember that. It was weird. 
So once it, I mean, in movies generally, if you establish something, you have to then follow that through and show a little bit of that th- later on and, and throughout the movie, but not just have one random bit where they talk a bit funny because uh, the rest of the time, the only time when they did kind of some weird talking was like some kind of mumbling type thing, wasn't it? Mm. When they were in a group, but it was ne- it was never like the whole Lynchian kind of way ever again. <laughs> In between words, he's going. I, 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 like moving his head slightly, like he's, he's overwhelmed by what he's saying. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, ah, now <laughs> it's like he's surprised that the words are coming out of his own mouth. I bet the actor was thinking, like, okay, you have these lines, and he's at the end of it, he's like, what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> None of this makes sense. Right. <laughs> Talking in their own language. It's like David Lynch language. <laughs> Did we just go into the red room? <laughs> what, the, what was that? Hot biscuits. That's no biscuits. What? I don't know what the fuck was that. Look at the uh, phallic bread as well. Like. Oh god, they all got like it's all erect. <laughs> having a mind fight. I think that's what's happening. But they're flapping their arms as well. It's like, ah, I give you negative thoughts. So let us, uh, let's actually try and explain the plot of the movie. So I have a little factoid as well, but let's start. How does the movie start? In a really bad kind of like, just like it's a it's a black screen floating mm-hmm. head, floating head, yeah. but like not the floating head like in the posters and the kind of the iconic kind of yeah. floating head. Just a man <laughs> with like a drawn on <laughs> moustache and beard. It's... Did we ever find out why he has a moustache drawn on? And I have no is idea. It because he's you know like uh, later on we see like um, like mannequins and stuff and they yeah. kind of like dressed up. But I don't know if he's supposed to be in that kind of dress up mode like. Late, later on, you, like, like so, so I don't know. It, it, so he's it, like he's purposely meant to be dressed up. But then but, that's like the weirdest choice for any kind of facial hair because it's it's a sharpie. Basically, yeah. imagine a sharpie and someone said like, "I'm gonna put on a French mustache for you." Yeah, it is literally just a silly mustache that's drawn when you. But normally you wouldn't do that by choice. <laughs> you would you would draw it on someone's face as a prank. Now I think this is what I think. I think the director actually wanted him to grow facial hair. But he can't. So it's so like, but you need the mustache. You need to look like you're supposed to look like a magician. So fuck. Fine. Sharpie. <laughs> Just drew it on that his face. That is a proper example of the, the low budget coming through then. Yeah. That's the case. It's like saying, we need to give him a mustache. It's like, grow one. It's like, he can't. He looks so ba- he looked really baby faced. Yeah, you're right. But that's yeah. the thing that's weird. It's like, so the movie starts with this floating magician head mm. getting closer and closer to the screen, like really uncomfortably. Talking, literally explaining the plot of the film. Yeah. Now, I've checking up a piece of notes, and one of the notes I did check on is this. It's the fact that that was not the original opening of the movie, and I think we kind of saw that. Yeah, because, I mean, after that scene, it's like the, the opening's quite good. Like, yeah. Yeah, before the title comes up. I like that bit. 
and uh, we were saying when we were watching it that that, that, that why didn't it just start with that? Now, like, the reason is, is because 20th Century Fox, who funded this movie, looked at it and says, I don't think audience are going to get this. Mm. The audience do not get this at all. Dude, film something. And so oh. they filmed this opening just to make it a little bit easier for audiences to get. Oh, that's that's classic, like, studio thing. Because yeah. Because in uh, John Carpenter's Big Trip in Little China, yeah. the opening for that, it was exactly the same reason. It's like, mm. they, they... But it was actually not to explain the movie. Mm. It was the fact that they didn't get that the hero was like a, a, a buffoon. Yeah. And they wanted to make him a bit more heroic, so they put that intro in what makes oh, okay. him look a bit more heroic. So studios do do that, don't they? To kind of try yeah. and, try and uh, early on, establish something that they think, well, the audience want it to be like this, so let's cement that right away. Yeah, in this case, but then again, though, this case, we saw the whole movie, we still don't get it. <laughs> So yeah. it failed anyway. Yeah. So you've got this weird Sharpie man <laughs> floating in, coming towards him, and then just ex- literally explaining the entire purpose, even the theme of the movie. So I went in it already feeling like I know too much, but then even then, I don't know enough. <laughs> yeah. But because it's so, it's, it's the first scene, mm. and you're given all that information. You kind of just reject it anyway because you like think it's too much too in it too quickly, isn't it? And it's a proper exposition dump. Yeah. And I am Zardoz. Hi. <laughs> I have lived three hundred years, and I long to die, but death is no longer possible. Think about it. This is the first thing that we saw. So, it is set this sums up the movie, doesn't it? So He's got like a drawn-on moustache. <laughs> My God, he does! Look at him. Who conjured you out of the clay? Sure, it's supposed to be serious, because he... No, I think this is legit. Is God and show business too? Wow. Okay. That's how you open your movie. That's how you open a movie, with a floating head. So, from that, it goes to the real opening. Now, I think this is what... From seeing clips and stuff like that before we watched the movie properly, this is what we said, we need to watch this movie. Yeah. Which is, you've got, first of all... We just see wide open, like, Irish fields. Mm. This movie is set in 2269 or 64 or something like that. Yeah. So it's about 200 and something years in the future. Although, another interesting factoid is that originally John Borman wanted it to be set in the near future. So for some reason, this happened. Originally, he wanted to send the movie in, get this, 1982. God's sake, when, when was it made? 1974. Right. So just 10 years. All this shit happened in 10 years. That's yeah. what his original intent before studios and himself and everyone else are like, no, no, no dude, no. It's just like, it, it seems like he just he's just in his own world, not knowing what, what you know, not making the right decisions on his own at all. He, he's a proper, he's living in a bubble yeah. with, full of mushrooms and drugs. <laughs> and someone is rolling him and saying like, ah, it's fine, John. You'll enjoy yourself. So we start off in the field, right, in that setting. And then all these men show up on horses and everything with the, with the famous sort of outfit, the outfit. Yeah, because I didn't actually know that there was a whole bunch of them in that outfit, because mm. right? I only saw Sean Connery. Connery. 
But there you know that now, you know, Sean Connery's part of an elite group called the... Or part of the Brutals called the Executioners. Yeah. Who are literally there to kill people. Now, they're all there gathered around this hill for no reason until a literal giant stone head... Floating? Floating from fucking nowhere floats down and gets... and plops itself on the ground... Mm. And, and and all the brules at the bottom are worshiping like a god. So we yeah. think that at this point, okay, so this is their master, this is their god, or whatever mm. it is, right? And then Zardoz speaks, and it is one of the best things I think in the whole movie. And that's the first five minutes. It's <laughs> it's funny because like even though I, when I hadn't seen it. And and I didn't know, but I already I knew just knew that it would say st- like stuff like I am Zardos. Like and then we, we were right, weren't we? Yeah, we were. <laughs> it's like I'm Zardos. Zardos speaks to you, the chosen ones. <laughs> and then and then the line of the movie to me still it's the line of the movie, right? Where Zardos finally is basically, for some reason, just basically preaching his own word again, as if to, like, reinforce it to the executioners. Who, at one point, there's a scene where he's talking, and he literally is a guy in a corner, just grabs someone and just stabs him and just goes, Hey! (laughs) It's like, yeah, I did it! Yeah. I killed somebody! Uh, What's funny, though, it's like, like, it's funny you say, like, it's reinforcing its, like, sort of, like, way of life. Yeah. But... It is like literally just exposition for the audience because they would all know that stuff. Of course like, they would. And it's kind of like it's not not teaching me anything new. It's just like just reminding you of this is what you believe in and this is what. You and the bit of the line is basically says the gun is good, the penis is evil. <laughs> it's only been about two minutes. It looks like a metal band logo. <laughs> I would. Would you go and see a band called Zardoz? I would. Yeah. Definitely would. Oh, there's the head. Fucking hell. What is happening? It's two minutes in and I'm confused as hell. Oh, they all wear those outfits. All of them. Well, at least in this part of the plane. But Sean Connery's amongst the mists. I like the head, actually. It's quite scary looking. It is weird as, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Praise! Oh, there we go. Speaks to you. Wow. His chosen ones. raised up from brutality to kill the brutals who multiply and are legion <laughs> just there you go your gods gave you the gift of the gun the gun is good gun is good penis is evil the penis shoots and makes new life to poison the earth with a I do not need a sex ed session from a floating head. <laughs> but the gun shoots death and purifies the earth. 
Wow. So basically, the guns are better than the penis. Yes, <laughs> guns are better than penises in this universe. <laughs> it's just. They hit the camera. <laughs> Vomiting guns and ammunition. Yeah, just like now shoot. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. You can see the camera shake every time it actually hits them. There he is! <laughs> yeah. Now, that's... Wow. See, I liked that part of the opening. I just didn't... The, the bit before that was shit. Why, why, why did we have this guy talk to us for like two minutes trying to explain the movie? With a drawn-on moustache and beard. So you, you, you're saying that it's serious. It's taking itself seriously. A hundred percent. God. This movie was made on purpose as to be legit serious, but written, produced, and directed by John Borman. The whole thing. Uh, oh God, no. That's a little close, buddy. So, no, that's no, too so close. Uh, I knew about this part, right? You didn't know that. So when you first heard that, what's your reaction to it? Uh, I, I, I just found it funny, and I didn't know what, 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 what where it was going to go from that point in the mm. film. But I certainly didn't know that it was going to go to vomiting guns. <laughs> It's like, go forth and kill. And then, bleh, revolvers, shotguns, uh, rifles, ammo. Yeah, just everything just flying out the, the, the head's mouth. Just, bleh, it was ridiculous. And it made no sense. And it, look, at this point, there's only been a few minutes, we haven't seen Sean Connery yet. And then he finally, you see, you see a shoulder. His hairy shoulders. He's a really hairy man, Sean Connery. Mm. Like, he's a bit more hairy than I thought he was. And then he just went a long ponytail. Yeah, he has a ponytail. So too much hair. So, it's a half, what? Okay, so there's all this hair, which we thought was, like, fake, but then we realised later on in the movie, it has to be real. He's properly grown it out because he doesn't have it in a ponytail ponytail. Yeah, but it could just be an hair extension that's not braided. I guess so, but my God, it's just... I don't think he would have grown it because that's that's all the way down his back. But then at the same time, how desperate was he? (laughs) This is what I'm thinking. This is a man's desperation. Um, so he does that, and then you suddenly you see the hairy shoulder. He turns around, and you see Sean Connery with his epic mustache, his porno, like eighties mustache, Mexican uh, gangster, <laughs> like a Mexican bandido, and turns around and shoots screen, and then Zardoz, and that's literally the opening title to the movie. Oh, that's so weird to see him in life. Look at his boots. <laughs> I've just noticed the boots. Oh my god! The costume design in this movie needs to be shot. Definitely a bit fruity. A bit. <laughs> I, don't, I doubt um, Sean Connery actually grew his hair that long. I think it's probably a hair extension. You think so? You think like, oh, I don't think I'm. I say, I'm I not going to prob- grow no ponytail. I think it's probably long. Uh, 
I think it's probably about this long to like sort of the shoulder yeah. length, and then it kind of just adds on. Mm. Got it. The, the extension th- adds on. I think it's already. Saying, I'm already wearing a fruity outfit. I'm not going to grow a ponytail. It's the. It's the. Um, it's the combination of like the knee-high boots and the mankini type thing. They look like sort of like combat prostitutes. <laughs> that is the best description I think I've ever heard. Oh, combat prostitutes. <laughs> How is he still got his pants on? Oh my god! Fucking rolling down the hill. Oh fucking hell! It's, uh, I think those are pasted on. Like my god! Oh, so distracting. Then things get a little disjointed because things just happen. Like things just jump back and forward in time. I know it's a little bit non-linear, and that's yeah. kind of cool for some movies. But it left us really confused for a lot of this movie. When the next scene afterwards, you suddenly see what seems to be inside the this inside the head mm. after the cam- after the after the head eats the camera. Yeah, and you, you just don't know how Sean Connery got there. Yeah, because he's in there. And he just goes... And he doesn't know how he got there. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm here. Where, where am I? What is this? He looks baffled. And what's weird is that he, he looks baffled, like, in a way that, like, a child would. Yeah. It's like he's going around going, ooh. But how, do you think that was intentional, where, where it was sort of like, well, I want the audience to be confused, as confused as the protagonist. But then here's the thing. If, and this is an if, right... You know, knowing what happens later on in the movie mm. about the plot, which we'll go to eventually, all of his behaviour is null and void. Yeah. It makes no sense because he would have already known about it. But anyway, um, so he's going there, he's baffled. There's loads of weird naked people in plastic tube things. Yeah. That, I don't think that's explained that much as well. It, well, there are... Th- there's other things in plastic later on, so I was guessing it's just kind of like to preserve things. But yeah, like... but, I mean, they look literally like they're like cellophane and like, you know, like laminated yeah. in. Like those freezer bags you can get. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> they look exactly like freezer bag people. Yeah. It's like... <sighs> and it's weird because you're thinking like, I hope those have air holes. Because fucking hell, if they're not, those are a bunch of dead bodies right there. How many extras did they get through? <laughs> it's like, we had to go through a thousand. <laughs> many, many, many. Now it's trying to be like arty with the music and stuff. Oh, it's goddy, isn't it? There he is again. Why is he? Why is he in the? Why is he in the god's mouth covered in? What the fuck is this? <laughs> I think we're going to be saying that a lot in this movie. Of course, there'd be naked people in plastic bags. Cellophane. It's like preserved, like oh, these are leftovers. <laughs> oh, that's that's the guy from the intro. Oh, that's the wizard person. Oh no! Oh, the mustache like that, mate. I think you deserve a good shot. Show you what? Me. You are nothing. It's a bit smoky in here, mate. 
<laughs> Is he falling or flying? And then suddenly he's, he's looking around the thing and he literally finds uh, the guy we saw literally five minutes before, the big floating head guy mm. in the beginning, and then he shoots him for no reason because we don't know who the fuck this guy is. Yeah. But this, obviously, Sean Connery is just... His character is an executioner, so he's just going to shoot anyone, isn't he? Like, he True. shoots people. True. He gets shot. <laughs> and, then, and then he falls... <laughs> It's not falling, isn't it? He floats off, doesn't he? It's literally like, you know, when someone says, like, pretend to fall? Yeah. God, pretend to fall. Whoa! <laughs> and then the, head, then the head finally lands in some other place. Like, it looks like greener grass and really nice places and so on. Mm. And he starts exploring what looks like, basically, it looks like a farmhouse. Yeah. With some weird plastic shit in it. But it does look like sort of a... Earth, like as it was, mm. as it would be before, like in a, a post-apocalyptic situation. Yeah. So at least it's something. Yeah. But it, it it didn't explain that until halfway through the movie. Now I'm not saying I want everything explained. In fact, I want this movie to not explain shit to me. But at the same time, you have to give me something. Like give me a a, a clue. <laughs> give me something. But no. You, nope. Nope. No, no clues from Zada. <laughs> it's like fuck, fine. So we think, fine, okay. If this is, if if you're not going to give me any shtick, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with what I've got. Yeah. So he ends up going to the house, goes into the clubhouse, whatever it is, or whatever that kind of thing. And he, this is where he finds the ring, mm-hmm. and the ring is basically what seems to be like a computer. Yeah. Because he it, it projects it projects shit and tells you like things like that, and it's like holographic. Which is cool. I mean, honestly, this was 1974. That's pretty cool. It's actually mm. like a really cool effect. Like, they did that quite well. They know... I think it's one thing I can say about the movie, it uses projections really well. Yeah, because, like, a lot of the time in in movies of that era, uh, and in later movies, actually, of that of that time, when you had a lot of blue screen stuff, or yeah. green screen, I think you used blue early blue. on, uh, you see, like, black outlines, wouldn't you, around things, because they couldn't kind of... Mm. Uh, correct. They couldn't correct it properly uh, yeah. in post, but there wasn't any much in that. It looked quite clear when there was stuff that was obviously would have been blue screened. Yeah, uh, there's there's stuff that looks good. You know, <laughs> they use projections and looks like instead of using a blue screen or whatever they did, this this is actually quite ingenious. They use a black screen. Mm. They use nothing but black. So that means the only image you see is clear. So when you do the holographic thing or the projection, it looks clear. But what about the, the head floating and stuff? That must have been... I have no idea they did that. And I, I think it might have been... It feels like it's a bit of stop motion, a little bit of something. Whatever they did there was impressive. Because that looked like... That that seemed to me like it would be blue screen stuff. It might have, know. but it did really well with it, mm. however. The thing is, it's baffling is, like, like I said, this is, this, is, this is a little bit different for the trash tapes. The other two... We can tell when it's rubbish, right? Mm. This has got good moments in it. And I think this is the reason why we went through the movie and just hoping that, you know, are, are, were critics all wrong? Is this this is not a rubbish movie? It's actually a really good movie. And then it does something stupid. Like, for example, first bit when he finds the ring and he's playing around with it and, he's, and suddenly he's playing with a projection. He puts an eyeball on his head for no reason. <laughs> it's like... And then the ring is talking to him. And I love this bit. He grabs the ring, and every time he covers it, it's like, I am... This is Vortex 7. <laughs> what, I, what I loved about the, the ring thing, though, is like, so we were trying to... 
we were kind of associating it with modern times, weren't we? And it's yeah. like it kind of like it's like Siri, isn't it? Or like totally. Google. Uh, and they talk to it, but obviously it's meant to be a god in there, but it's like nowadays we treat our, like, smartphones like that, what we worship. What we worship. Oh, God, that's... See, by doing that, we've made this movie seem deeper suddenly. It's like, oh, God, it's secretly the reliance on technology. (laughs) And you're thinking, do they think that entirely? Because this feels like just like a fever dream. It's kind of cool, actually, that you know they've got like the rings because it's yeah. like how they're predicting technology. Because that's a bit like what a smartphone is now, isn't it? You like when you yeah. okay Google and you 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 know you to get ask information like true. But look how gaudy that ring is though. It's like those ring pops. <laughs> oh my god, yes! I remember the ring pops. I used to go. Mine had a whistle. But... They were like push pops, weren't they? Made, made by the same people, I think. Yeah, I remember. Push a push pop. Pop pop. Oh, man. More boobs. And a floating fetus. Okay. There's a lot going on. This movie has a lot to unpack. It's hard to follow. This is where he finds the other... The other people who seem to who look who all dress very similarly to the weird funky mustache man. Yeah, they've got like sexy knitwear on. The, the costume. Well, I say sexy. It's like no. it's like they're, they're try they're trying to be a bit sexy with it with it because they're like it's like knitted tops that are kind of like exposing the stomach or kind of cleavage or whatever. But none of the characters. I thought was sexy at all. None. It's not it, not at all. It's so the sex appeal just goes out the window because you don't fight. They're like totally sexless. The people. They're yeah. not. They're not attractive. They're, they're attractive people physically, but there's just there's, there's no sexiness about it whatsoever. Yeah, and that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because to be honest, all the all these people, which we turn out they are called the immortals, I believe, or the eternals, or something like that, where basically they are. They're basically people who can't die, all right? Mm. So Sean Connery, named Zed, he goes around and finds... Sean Connery's going running around and he finds these people. He sees this woman who is... Is she topless at this moment? Yeah, yeah, she's topless at the beginning of it. She's near the lake and she's randomly a topless woman shows up on a horse. Yeah. And Sean Connery's like, hmm. <laughs> all right? He's like, okay. I will investigate. <laughs> I said, I shall go and investigate this... <laughs> Topless lady. By the way, everyone, we get, you're going to get some bad Sean Connery impressions quite frequently. We are awful at it. We can't. Uh, we can't do Sean Connery to save our lives. But throughout the movie, we couldn't stop it. Like there were moments where just you just want to just break into your Sean, Sean Connery. I can't do it without really offending nearly everyone in Scotland. <laughs> so apologies for Scottish viewers. Oh, the first set of boobs for the day. That's it, in the 70s especially. Like, it's a bit in the 80s as well, but 70s, you just get random people walking around without any clothes on for, like, no reason. Because, because it was weird and funky. I must go to the big boobed lady. <laughs> what is this? Is she, like, underwater or something? (laughs) 
The music's intense. Stop, you killed me with your mind bullets. What was that? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He finds a topless lady. He goes and investigates a topless lady. He runs towards a lake. And then suddenly another woman shows up. Yeah. And just walks towards him, and he's like, "I'm going, I'm going to shoot you." And she's like overlaid with the lake, the image of the lake. Which as well. why? It's <laughs> just like arty crap, and it's like really pretentious. It's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to put the lake, an image of the, uh, some footage of the lake over this woman. It's like why? A reflec- it's like a reflection. It's fluid. It's like what, whatever. It's just stupid, right? So she walks, and she walks towards and finds Sean Connery, and Sean Connery's about to shoot, and then somehow using what seems to be mind bullets. <laughs> Jesus. Just shoot Sean Connery down using his, using her mind. Yeah. And that's when we realise these immortals also have magical mind powers, which is fucking stupid anyway, but they do it like that. And I love, I love how Sean Connery reacts. <laughs> it's just like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> there's, lot, there's lots of like really overdramatic kind of... Uh, sort of gurning and stuff, isn't they? Kind of like, like they, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Whenever there's a crowd, every single time there's a whole bunch of people making weird noises and faces. Mm. Like it's like a ooh or ah oh, or oh, it's 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 no. It's the, people don't make noises like this. No, not at all. <laughs> so, Right, so Sean Connery's now being interrogated by the woman who just shot him down with mind bullets. And it's really bizarre because we're suddenly teleported to a completely different place, which we think is the tabernacle, but we're not sure if it is the tabernacle because the movie talks about this thing called the tabernacle and doesn't explain what the tabernacle is or where it is until the last ten minutes. So people are saying, like, we need to destroy the tabernacle. Or it's like, saying, we need to seek the tabernacle for advice. And we're like, where, what is a tabernacle? Yeah, it is. It is oh, it's crazy. But what I, I remember from that scene, though, is mm. it's quite a good set, isn't it? Yeah. It's like what I'm saying about the visual stuff is quite memorable. So mm. that's probably what a lot of people take from it. Yeah. And any time I've seen a clip, I remember that sort of, that scene. Yeah. It's like that bit where, you know, first of all, so Sean Connery's lying down on what seems to be like a mirror table. Mm. 
and his memories are being projected onto a screen. Mm. This is what I mean by projections. They do a lot of it. It's pretty cool. But then on the side of the walls, it's see-through and mirrored of naked people just lying there with their asses and tits and their cocks out. And you're like, this is really distracting. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and the thing is, I missed that entire conversation they were having. Like, they were talking about the, these two women who seem to be other immortals. One's called, like, Carmen Lita or something. Oh, I don't know. The names are weird. Mm. And they're having this conversation talking about how did this brutal get into through the vortex? How, what's his purpose? How did he get here? I'm assuming it's a, he's a master plan. But then the other person's like, the guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, no, he, has, he, he got here by accident. He is yeah. no master genius. All this... While there's boobs and butts everywhere. No, it's too distracting. That I mean, that's that's the problem. I mean, when I'm watching it, I'm thinking half the time. I'm thinking the strength is a lot of the visual stuff because it's so like, attractive, like mm. at times. But like, it's also distracting as well. Mm. So the visual kind of just in you know gets in the way of the story. Yeah. It's like you're just watching it and you're like, oh, look at that, look at that, booze, booze, booze. <laughs> and there's kind of crazy costumes going on and it's like really bright and colourful and it's like you're just watching it but you're not absorbing the story. You're just kind of seeing all these visuals happening. And they're all weird and they're trying to be arty and they're trying to mean something and so you're trying to dissect that hmm. on top of all this basically world-building and exposition dumps that are being talked over it. And you're thinking, which one do I go for? Do I go for what they're talking about? Or do I forget the fact that I'm in a room full of naked butts? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't remove that. Ooh. Oh, when I've seen clips, it's been in this area with a mirrored... With the, well, the, what, what's with all the screens and stuff? Look at all the naked butts. <laughs> Just, oh. The place where the sea meets the land. This is more recent enemy. Cultivation has started. <laughs> <laughs> that was so half ass. He's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I've always voted against. Bam. It's like literally just aimed at it. It's like, what are you doing? I just fell over, sir. Bam! Verdict. What was the verdict? Um, what just happened? Did they vote? Was that a vote? It was quite... Uh, it was quick, wasn't it? But basically, all I saw was a woman do a couple of hand gestures yeah, and, and say, live against bit half verdict. And that was it. Like, no one voted. Like, did they vote? Like, I, I don't know. Because then later on, they, they do the same thing again, but in a room full of other immortals that all look like they've just, they all literally just walked out of, like, Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, with, with weird, like, silk teepees and the room is like bright orange and he's standing there in the middle with his with his man thong and everyone's just staring at him and touching him and it's like ooh, ooh. It's, it's 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 like it's like it's like they just got a pet it's, it's like they literally call him a pet yeah uh, they, so they refer to him as it don't they yeah Not a person like. yeah 
They call it like an it or whatever it is. And then also, it, the reaction is, ooh, a puppy. Especially, yeah. especially friend. Who we, we didn't realise that was his name until halfway through the movie. <laughs> Which is this weird, big, permed-haired motherfucker who takes him and uses him as a, some kind of slave. Mm. But it's never made that clear. If he's all a slave, or is he just there? While while later on, all the other immortals do scientific experiments on him. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. Or 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 he just kind of fancies him because he's a bit camp in this movie. Yeah. A bit, actually, not a bit, a much. <laughs> so this is the thing: is the plot itself is actually there's not a lot going on at the no. same time because that, like I say, it's that big stretch where it's just world building for ages. Like, yeah, it's showing like, you everything, and it's like he's like Sean Connery's having a guided tour around the world. Yeah, there's a bit. So this is the image: Sean Connery in a red nappy, pulling a cart of an incredibly camp man who's throwing green bread. That's very the- phallic bread. It's very, very large and ribbed. (laughs) Ribbed for her pleasure. (laughs) Okay. Don't know what's happening. I'm very confused. That image, though. (laughs) This is Sean Connery in a a bikini (laughs) pushing a camp man on a. I don't know what this is, but it's... He's in his element, that guy. He's, he's like, I am the king! Oh. <laughs> when well, he's giving the tour of the world, he also says that there's not just immortals living in this world. There are renegades, which are old people, literally old people who have gone crazy. Yeah. And then something called the apathetics, which are people who have no emotion and just stand there like literal... Like mannequins, yeah. and he goes in there, and, and 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 at one point, literally out of fucking nowhere, Sean Connery goes up to this one woman and just molests her. She's like, I'm gonna, gonna have a go on your breast. <laughs> literally, just grabs an arm and goes. Oh, but then, honk, honk. what was so great is the friend character yeah. says <laughs> something like, "Do you want this person to yeah, be my guest?" He picks her up like a doll, <laughs> takes her off. <laughs> <laughs> just shoves her on the hay, right? I'm gonna have my way with you. But then she's just like, just like, uh, just lying there, like dead to the world. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, this is no fun, is it?" <laughs> it's like I prefer when they struggle. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the two women from the beginning are the ones doing these weird scientific experiments. All right, and this is where my favorite experiment comes in. So they get Sean Connery in the middle of that weird orange room. And what's fascinating is after 200 years, they actually explain this, which is the only thing I actually get. It's been 200 years uh, where they now live in this sort of vortex bubble, right? Mm. To the point where they live forever. Because they live forever now, they do not need to have sex because there's no need to reproduce. They've lost all sexuality, which is exactly what I said to you. Yeah, so that that is intentional, the fact that they, they, they're not sexy at all, because they're, yeah. they're, they're sexless, aren't they? They don't need to have sex, so they're not going to, like, give off that kind of pheromone, are they? But then it's like... so weird, then. Why the fuck are they wearing those outfits? <laughs> which are all 
so suggestive. Like, you know, why wear crop tops? Why have all the men you had their nipples out? It would be like they'd be wearing the fully covered up, kind of like weird androgynous kind of like suits. Kind You'd of think thing. they all look like monks or something, yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> but no, they've got like crop tops and men with their nipples out. And, and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got like men in like dungarees. Yes! They just kind of go just under the nipples and they're just exposed. It's just it's like as if they really like that nipple. It's like, oh, I like the nipples. It's like, it's so weird. And they're all staring at Sean Connery and just having that sort of flashback. And then they explain this. They explain, like, they don't, they have lost, after 200 years, they have no desire for sex. So they are always completely baffled, even though they know scientifically how this works, they don't understand how a man gets an erection. <laughs> And it's shown in diagrams, which is great. It's like, we still don't know how this flaccid penis goes to this erect penis. And and I love it, because everyone else in the room is like, they've never seen an erect penis before. So like, ooh. And you're like, what the fuck? And so what they do is, the woman's trying, with a room full of people, which personally, I would not be able to get a hard on if everyone's staring at me, by the way, you know. I started like, perform, perform, <laughs> do it, you dancing monkey! <laughs> and so they're all looking, standing around it, and Sean Connery's there in the middle, and they got the screen, and they started to show like sexual imagery. But it's weird; it's it's not even when we're looking, it's not sexy. Like there's a bit where it's just a woman just rubbing her tits, <laughs> like foamy, like soapy tits, like she's having a woman having a shower, basically. It's like, Brr. and then it's just like, and, and it's like, this is not working. Next slide. And then suddenly you just see two women having a mud wrestling thing. And it's not, again, it's not sexy. It's weird. She gives up after the second one. It's like, we've tried everything. Like, you haven't tried everything. And then <laughs> two images. Two images. Like, we've tried everything. This should have worked. <laughs> and, then, and then what happens is, is that he just keeps staring at her. Yeah, like raising his eyebrows. It's like going, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And then, literally, he starts getting an erection. Now, we don't see the erection, but everyone seems to be quite impressed with it. Yeah, we just know that everyone... We can just tell from everyone's reaction that he just looked at this woman giving the lecture... And then get and and and, and he's giving him you know, he's giving her like the sexy eye, and then gets an erection, and everyone's like both impressed and giggling. Because mm. it's like, oh, you seem to have the magic power over men. Then it's like fucking weird. Wow! Now, literal just yeah, just porn now. Did we just? Okay. <laughs> Wait. So the entire time. No, they don't, I'm not surprised with all those outfits. I know, right? None of them look sexually appealing whatsoever. So, they are impressed by his boners. By his boners. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Oh my god, no. (laughs) 
He's like, well, when, when you're all watching, I can't it's, it's, it's a, You know, it's a little hard. You're all just staring at me. What is going on? They're, like, waiting for him to get a hard on. I know, and he saw, he's just there, like, 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 this is supposed to do anything for me. This doesn't give you a picture either. Just like his flaccid penis. <laughs> Oh. Oh, he's staring at her. <laughs> all that's sort of occurring. And this is where all the scientific experiments are happening. And there's a bit where the other woman takes the, takes her takes Sean Connery back into what is the tabernacle. But I love it how he goes into it. It's this big weird mirror pyramid. Mm. And then the woman just says, "Go on in." And literally, how he goes in, it's just like he goes to it, he stands still, and then it just goes, "Whoa!" It's like like he's in a roller coaster, yeah. and that's how he falls into the tabernacle. I remember we both like we're laughing a lot at that moment because uh, it literally just he just, he just goes, "Ah!" Like that. Whoa! It's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. About almost 45 minutes into the movie by this point, mm. and not much has happened, really. Uh, we got all this weird, funky shit, like, you know, bodily scans, weird erection lectures, and all this shit. But then with it, all the immortals are on a just giant table, and they're having what looks like dinner being served by Zed. And Zed is serving them all. Potatoes. Potatoes. It's like a yes or no. Would you want some potatoes? They're like black as well, like really dark <laughs> colours. It's just funny seeing Sean Connery in a mankini walking around, going like potatoes. <laughs> Would you like some potatoes, ma'am? <laughs> so if it, I mean, if he was like. Irish, that would have been like a really stereotypical bad kind of like... Potato! Potato! But it's just Sean Connery walking around just saying, Potato. (laughs) And I'm imagining in his head going, I used to be Bond, you know. (laughs) Now I'm just serving some hippies and potatoes. (laughs) And then... uh, And then then this is where it's the point. One of the women, one of the people in the room says like... um, Says like, oh how, oh how wonderfully like funny to have this 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 person being able to serve us. It's like we never. Ha- it's like we we thought he was too stupid for that, right? And then one of the women says like, and one and then the friends like, oh he's like he's he's there to help me with all my needs. And this is where the two scientist women are saying like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, but the main one who's who's now embarrassed and annoyed at the fact that this is the woman who gave Sean Connery an erection says like. No, you shouldn't be treating him like this. He's here for a scientific experiment. And, and in fact, he even said, we should kill him. We should eliminate him. Yeah, but you can sense there's a bit of a jealousy there. She actually does like him. Then it says, like, but then the, the scientist one says, like, no, we shouldn't kill him. We should, we, but he's right about one thing. He shouldn't be a slave. He is here for science. And then they all have this bickering argument. And, you know, friend goes, ah, and like really angrily. And then so the, another woman who we're not introduced to properly, unless she was the breasted lady in the beginning or whatever it was, stands up and says, like, we all need to cast a vote. We need to feel this person and see what we can do. <laughs> and so they all do the weird voting thing, like, whoop, 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 whatever. And then it turns out it says, right, 
who were like voguing. But the, yeah, there's one guy who just raised his eyebrows going, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're all voguing. They're all doing like, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's whatever it is. Weird fucking moves. And then it says like, the vote is that, that Sean Connery is no longer going to be friend's slave. Mm. But oddly enough, Sean Connery and friends seem to make a friendship. Which is really confusing, even though literally for the majority of the time, he's treated him like shit. Um, it says he's no longer a slave and he's going to be used for science. But in the moment his purpose is done, he is killed. All right. So that's where all the weird voting thing happened. And friends like, no, I don't want this. And then this weird shit happens where they all start getting up from the table and go like they raise their arms up or whatever it is. Yeah. And they just go towards his face and start going, oh. It's literally like a shaman going, whoa. The entire table are just waving their jazz hands at him. And 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 and, and his head and his head's starting to hurt. And it's like, we need to cast you out. And friends like, no, you can't do this to me. Ah. So much overacting going on. Oh, it's yeah. amazing that bit. Because he was gurning, he was like biting his lip and tongue, hair was all over the place, his eyes were rolling at the back of his head. It was the most ridiculous moment of sequences. And then there were weird close-ups of all these pretty people just going like, cast out, cast out, one of us. And and then literally, he builds up because it gets really fucking tense. And then he just passes out. Yeah, you'd you'd expect like the, the climax of that for him to either... So it's like his head to explode. <laughs> or, like, they did, like, floating off, really, didn't they? Yeah. I thought he might just float off and vanish into a, a, a portal or something like that. Or like, taken to, it's taken to the forbidden zone. Yeah. <laughs> something, you know? you think something like that, you know? But no, he just does that. Like, oh, is that a pistol in your pocket? No, it's like, oh, no, actually, that is a pistol. No, no, no. That is an actual pistol. <laughs> this is my erection. That's my erection. <laughs> Did you ever think you could watch a movie about Sean Connery talking about his penis? <laughs> this is brilliant. Oh, they vote with their mind. That's why we don't see him. Yeah, but then you see people going like, Well, they are doing some kind of gesture. Yeah, but the last time I didn't see shit. so I had no idea. (laughs) That unibrow. He like went, Yeah. Sup. (laughs) (laughs) That's my vote. Sup. (laughs) Oh. Look at them. I will, I will not go to second level with you. <laughs> I will not go to second level. <laughs> I will not be one mind with you. What? I know what, I know what they want with it. No! <laughs> what is happening? No. Oh, she, he's gurning a bit, isn't he? What's gonna happen to him? Why do I feel like his head's gonna explode? (laughs) 
went a little bit too long and it just ended like that anticlimax uh, this whole movie's about climaxes anyway so <laughs> you think you'll be a bit more of a push well, it'd like float off or something it? Like, ooh, it into some kind of vort into a vortex into something but now you're just sitting there and just thinking like ooh. Now you got a wild Sean Connery running through the fields. Oh my god, it's a lit it's a legitimate invisible wall. <laughs> what? And then suddenly, like legit, this 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 is the mo this is the moment of sequence that happens in the movie. Sean Connery finds Sean Connery now been surrounded by the table. Everyone sat down. Sean Connery looks at friend and goes, no, no, no friend. And then runs into a field, runs to where all the crazy old people are. And now friend is there with half a really old face. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's not fully old yet. He's just literally gone, like, to, got turned into an old He person. looked like he had a stroke. Yeah. He looked awful. Half his face is no one. <laughs> Or, I don't know, maybe Richard Branson. Just <laughs> Richard any, Branson. Just <laughs> anyone with, like, that kind of hairdo and beard. So he's going round and friends saying, like, aha, we need to... Here's the man who was supposed to help us, but now he's the bad guy and whatever. And then all the old people start, start like, rubbing on him or something. I don't know what was happening. Like, they're all going, Bleh. And then it turns out a friend had a plot, and the plot was he wanted to figure out how to stop immortality so that everyone could finally die. And it's... Okay. This is not made clear, and we're about 50 minutes into the... We're literally at the halfway point. Yeah. When did this happen? When did anyone care about death? Yeah, and it also seems like you were saying earlier about like uh, friend and Z and Zed. Mm. They they don't seem like they would have any kind of friendship. Yeah, like, it seems odd that that Zed would go and find friend and kind of like see what happened to him and sort of that. Yeah, they don't really have. There's no. Cl clues in the film or no kind of like thing events that happen that make you think oh these guys would have some common ground and we'll be friends mm. and in the, you, there's no reason why he would there's no reason for anything in this movie like nothing there's no reason for it because it, it, <laughs> I think basically half this time I'm trying to think like okay we need to move the plot forward somehow we're just surrounded by these weird ass hippies let's do something quick and this is like the next step mm. Sean Connery goes round goes back to the place. Now, everyone's in, for some fucking reason, all, are all under giant bedsheets. For no reason. So, he goes to one of the women, one of the scientist ladies, but not the one that gets, that, that gets him off. It's the other one. <laughs> and starts mind-melding with her. Like, like him. Almost like, you know, like how, like, like Vulcans are like in Star Trek. It's like saying, tell me your thoughts. Read me your mind. I need to tell you everything. And Sean Connery's actually acting like a baby by this point. He's like, no! Nah! 
Because, like, well, he is seeming quite pathetic at times, you know, when he's yeah. kind of being uh, attacked by the immortals, in, yeah. in, like, with their minds. And stuff. He, he ends up being a bit like... <laughs> a bit, like a bit of a wimp, doesn't he? Like, a total wimp. And it's so weird when this occurs. So... Then this is the point where we finally get backstory and we finally understand a little bit what the fuck's going on, where we find out that th- he actually is planning a plot, that he did actually kill the, uh, the, the guy in the head on purpose. Yeah. And it's because he goes to a library. <laughs> okay, so he goes into the... Li- he, while he's chasing people down and killing off all the, real, the regular brutals, which are regular people, which, interesting fact... They are, the majority of the extras that played the regular normal brutals, right, are literally Irish travellers that Job Borman picked up. Of course they are. And on top of that, they actually he actually said they were the best people he's ever worked with. <laughs> okay, so basically all a bunch of Irish gypsies are there, basically, are playing all the br- people again killed and shot off, which in itself is a terrible thing to say. But he, go- he then stumbles across into a library. And this is when Sean Connery discovers reading. <laughs> he sees a floating book. I goes like, M is for mouse. You know, I is for ink. And he's going for all the letters. And he's like, ooh. And suddenly, literally, what seems to be in a span of, like, hours, has read every single book in this library. Yeah, because they, they, say, they say to him, how long did it take you? I took to it quite well, to be honest. <laughs> he's like, I took, I, I never knew I could read until someone told me there was a letter. And then he just started reading. He read every single book in the library. And then we find out the funniest and also the most pretentious thing about this entire movie. This movie is a sci-fi version of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I mean, even the names Ardas is like, if you cover some yeah. letters up. Yeah, and that, I think I think John was trying to be clever here because when he says Zardoz, you, th- you don't think Wizard of Oz, but then you're thinking, oh, mm. and then you're thinking, oh, <laughs> like you could have been. That's not clever. And then it's funny thing because he finally reads the Wizard of Oz. He understands what the big floating head is and goes crazy. He throws books and it's like, Zardoz, no, it is a trick. It is a trap. And he destroys his library. It's funny, though. He reads all that literature, but it's, a, it's the Wizard of Oz that makes him realise, no, this is this is how, this is why it's happening. What books were in there? Like, he could he said, I've read all the knowledge before the great darkness. Really? Did you really read all everything that made you only now realise after reading the Wizard of Oz that you now know what this weird thing is? That, you know, a big floating giant stone head is not normal? Like, what the hell? <laughs> What what what's going on? Uh, okay, so why are they all in cloths? I'm amazed he's not popping out of that. You know he's running around and stuff like. It must have some good kind of underpant thing going on. Like <laughs> he's properly tucked in, isn't he? But he suddenly discovered he knows how to read. What was the name of the book? I don't remember. <laughs> I am so angry at books! 
The Wizard of Oz! <laughs> so this is just the Wizard of Oz then? The Wizard of Oz. Zardoz. Fucking hell. The fairy story about an old man who frightened people with a loud voice and big mask. Why? Blind. What? Why is he blind now? I don't know. He can no longer play him. He's out of control. <laughs> it's like something to do with the mind control thing. I don't know. They don't explain it well. At one point, the other woman comes in, and it turns out they're both. It turns out they're because they're mind melding. They're now pretty much snuggling, and it goes like, no, no mind melding, no, no snuggles. And then with both, and but with both of them using their mind powers for a brief and random instant, blind Sean Connery, <laughs> like blinds him, and he's going like, like tapping, it's like a case, like we can't see. He's being overwhelmed by the power. <laughs> Yeah, he's totally maxed out at that point. Yeah, he's like, ah, okay. And then another, the other woman grabs him and says, like, come, I'll find a way to, we'll, we'll do this technique to help you uh, save, you know, save your sight. Okay? So puts him in this pod, this one of these plastic pod things. And he's starting to see things and saw things clearly again. But the topless lady's back again. Like, the, the, the random topless lady's back again. And starts explaining why, how... Him being in this world now has brought chaos and everything to the system. And then he gets beaten up all in a plastic bag. Yeah, that's really weird, that bit. Yeah. And they, they, but when he breaks out as well, mm. they're all like, whoa, he's breaking <laughs> out of the bag. And they're like, fascinated by it. Oh, my God, he's so strong. Because everyone says, like, no one can break through it. It's impenetrable. And then he breaks out of it. And it's like, what's in the heart, mate? <laughs> Like, oh no, he's broken out of thing. And then he runs, and now people are starting to chase him. Because it turns out this is all a plot. So he actually did get into the head on purpose. He was all hidden in there on purpose. He hid within a pile of grain or whatever. Mm. He purposely did that so he can go and kill the man in the head. Because he now knows that. But... And so he finds all the other guys. And this is where we introduce the Vortex. The Vortex is literally an invisible wall. Like, it's like a mime. Yeah, mime invisible wall. Do you, you want to you want to see what happens here? Because I can't get it. I think it must be sweat. It's either sweat or a tear. But I don't think he was, he was upset, so it won't be a tear. Yeah, I think it's it's sweat. But like, yeah, they they, they just get a tiny drop of it mm. on their finger. One of them does, and doesn't don't they like they taste it or something? Yeah, yeah, taste, yeah. Taste taste it, and then. Uh, then that woman gives a uh, gives a taste to the ne- the person next to her, and then so on, and it's a whole chasing. And all of a sudden, they're like, "Well, Randy, <laughs> they are." They start talking, and their brain's like, "You finally brought us to to understanding." And then he just grabs Sean Connery, who's now literally used the piece of meat, and everyone's kissing and making out with each other. Yeah, like just, men, they're... women, men, men with women, men with men, women with women. Sean Connery and everybody else. And it gets weird. It's not sexy either. 
It's like a random orgy scene with no sex because they're just touching each other and going, ooh, ah. It's so randy and weird. And so he, so he runs away from that. And then he goes to the renegade, old renegade people again, and rally them up as well. And then, he go, and then they start getting randy and angry as well. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? But then friend who's there is like, I have a plan. So he goes, so he says, we're going to break into my old place. So he breaks into the, goes into the old place. And this is where we see probably the best thing Sean Connery is ever dressed in. Like, you know, <laughs> because it's not like the man in a man thong's enough. You thought that was enough. But no. I bet that was probably the lowest point for Sean Connery. But not only is he going to wear that shitty kind of weird, like, outfit. Yeah. But he has to now wear a wedding dress. <laughs> and I never thought I would ever need, wanted, or even thought I wanted to see and Sean Connery like in a wedding dress. Of, and it's like one of those really tacky kind of ones that look basically looks like a massive doily. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, you made everything exciting! It's almost like these people are learning what it is to be human again. Like. Yeah. It's just, it's been so weird how they do it. It's like, yeah. I got a little excited. I, a man came here and gave me some sweat. Now I just want to fuck everything. <laughs> That's literally what happened! What? Whoa! I never thought I'd see that, ever. That is an image. Sean Connery in a wedding dress. With a moustache and all. Right, I will go and take the bride. (laughs) Fucking genius. Oh, my God. I need more Sean Connery in drag. All this, this was like an hour and 25 minutes of weird-ass, nonsensical, pretentious, arty bullshit to finally go and say, right, I need to kill the tabernacle. And so he goes and starts, he goes in and tries to find the tabernacle, which is a diamond. He finds it's a diamond. Using the diamond's own mind powers, puts him into a giant diamond himself. And he says weird things. It's like, the, the, the whole thing says really weird sexual things like, you have penetrated my fortress. Yeah. Or it's like, now come into my hole. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> Just too much. It's too on the nose, isn't it? It's too about, se- ooh, sexy times. <laughs> it's just living on the nose. Oh, it's living right there. Legit here. Finally goes and falls into this diamond that happens to be a hall of mirrors. And this is actually a really cool sequence, but it's potentially arty, mm. where... He goes for a hall of mirrors as he does a reflection on himself. He started to shoot things like, where are you, tabernacle? Where are you, tabernacle? And loads of random people just dancing in projections, right? And it looks cool, but at the same time, like, what the fuck is this? It's like Yoko Ono is like your interior designer. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. uh, It gets weird. So he does all that. He finally beats a tabernacle by what seems to be shooting himself. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. Again, this movie's like, I don't know what the fuck's happening here. So he kills himself, and he's taken back into the real world, where he's woken up by love's first kiss, which is fucking weird, because the one who gave him an erection kisses him on the forehead, and suddenly he's like, we're in love. He wakes up and goes like, follow me. And then realize Sean Connery now has super mind powers, Mm. and like reverses time? Yeah. So have they... 
it, when when they did the exchange, yes. have they also given him their powers as well as knowledge? I like, think so. Yeah. But then the mind power shouldn't be much of a thing. He, he killed the tabernacle. <laughs> I thought like, I, th- I thought that's where all the source of their mind powers came from. Yeah. Apparently didn't. So he, so maybe that's not the case. So he, he's holding the diamond. He's going through the, this now. The whole place has gone to chaos. The uh, the the mm. renegades. You have the apathetics, and you have everyone just killing each other. Like everyone's just fucking killing each other. Right. But the executioners, they're just having a field day, aren't Yeah, the they? executioners come in because now the vortex is now shut down and you're killing everybody. Like, <laughs> There's probably a death party, isn't it, out there for them? They're just, like, really but loving it. Do they all, do you notice it, everyone dies shittily in this movie. Mm. Like, they don't know how to die. They go like, oh... Yeah, well, they're just like extras, like the, the the proper extras. They're not proper actors, are they? They're yeah, just... but even then, you think like the director would say, like, "Come put a bit of effort in there." Like you're dying. Don't go. Oh no! Well, I don't think we can expect much from this director. <laughs> well, was it one bit where one just goes goodbye and just falls over? <laughs> goodbye, bam. <laughs> Must destroy the tabernacle. <laughs> so what is the, what is a tabernacle? I don't know what a tabernacle is. It's not telling us what the tabernacle is. Oh, what's that? Crystal. In it look like an open wound. Okay. Is that how they get their mind powers? It's like a music video now. <laughs> it's just, it just, it's, it's gone off the rails. Let's give it up. It's like we're just gonna have floating heads now. Fuck it. Goodbye. Oh. They're all die half arsely, aren't they? <laughs> Whoa, okay. annoyed by this pistol. They're in the middle of sex. Come on. Uh, uh, 
So basically, all the good guy immortals and Sean Connery, who's now reversing time for no fucking reason, takes them into the forest and says, take the rest of the tabernacle and go, right? Mm. But then he goes back to, where to get the woman that he loves. Ooh, again, random. There's not really much build for this love story suddenly, except no, that... He got an erection one time. That's it. And it's like, you and me are married. <laughs> you and I, we're hooked for life now. We're like penguins. And so he goes and finds her while literally everyone's being slaughtered by this point. And the weird thing, all the immortals and the apathetics and, and all the renegades, they're asking for death. Because, like, we've never felt death before. We've been living here for 200 years. And suddenly it's like, kill me! Yeah. Kill me now! They're, they're all a bit bored, I think. I think that's what it is, isn't it? They're all, they're all so bored. It's like, just kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know when a teenager is like, oh, fuck, kill me now? Yeah. That's literally all of them for, like, hundreds of, like, a million like they years. Just, they wanted to have some sex and then die. Okay. Got her in the end. Eventually. After killing nearly out the entirety of the human species, finally he can bonk. <laughs> Don't kill the band! Oh no! Zed's busy. Zed, Zed's busy. It's fine. You've killed everyone else. You're done. What? How... Oh! How long were they in the head? <laughs> wow, okay. I like the fact that... They're, they're aging for them. It's just, yeah. it's just a little bit of makeup. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's that's how you. Become skeletons, and that's how the movie ends. Skeletons holding hands. Well, how long were in that fucking head for? <laughs> oh my god! Is that it? That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay. Right now, they go back into the big stone head. That fell from the sky randomly, because why not? And so Sean Connery and the man and the woman that they're together with, right? He stays in the head. Now this was really fucking funny, because there's a shot where he goes into the head and looks like he's, he, he kisses, right? Looks like kisses and makes out whatever it is, mm. and then it cuts back to the executioners finishing off all the immortals now, and it's going Zed, Zed, Zed. Zed, and then the next shot isn't like, oh, they're gonna have sex. It's instantly her giving birth. Yeah, I think it's sort of like, I don't think that. I think it's just, um, it's it's sped up on purpose, isn't it? In terms yeah. of like just showing what would happen, kind of thing. But you're it? thinking a little bit like, oh, go on, a sex scene at least. No, yeah. but cut the sex scene. Goes to her literally giving birth, and then 
we realise how fucking long they are in this head. Because suddenly you see this really artsy shot, but really fucking stupid as well, of Sean Connery and this woman, and they're getting older bit by bit. Because you realise now she's holding the baby and breastfeeds. Then the kid gets a little older and a little older. And at, and at this point, they don't look incredibly old. They're like, but then, like, by the end of it, it's literally just like the the son is like, right, I'm going down the pub. <laughs> literally, he gets old, and he gets old. He stands up, he gets old, and it's suddenly it's just like, I'm off now. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's just like a fully grown man by the end. And then, then they all, then suddenly, in a span of thirty seconds, Sean Connery and the woman gets older and older and older until literally skeletons, and then fucking nothing. Skeletons holding hands, and then disappear. And then that's how the movie ends. And it's fitting because the movie is both a slow, trudging, pretentious piece of crap, Mm. but also one of the most surprisingly deep, random-ass, artistic films I've seen in a while. Well... Yeah, you mean yeah. You can just see where the director was trying to be symbolic and trying to get some kind of message across about like two two people with very different kind of views of, of life. Yeah, end up coming together in the end and breeding and kind of it's like and saying you are now the new generation. Yeah. You are the old and the older to the new. Yeah, no, and it's just bad delivery, isn't it? Really it, bad delivery. At times, you think like it could have been good dealt with in a different way. Mm. Uh, but the execution is just not... This is, uh, this is definitely an example of the idea is better than the execution. Because, mm. to be honest, I'm not going to say, like... This is, I have to, we have to also commend Zardoz for something. Like, you just look at modern movies, no-one's going to have the balls to make something as crazy as Zardoz, no. right? You know, but, you know, people tried doing that before. You know, Dune falls under this, I think. I think Dune is a good companion piece in a weird way to this in terms of, like, its epic scope and yeah. trying its best and, you know, how the idea is better than this full execution. Yeah, there's, there's lots of, like... The, the 70s, though, uh, mm. were, were, were famous for doing this kind of film, yeah. weren't they? They were very famous for being trippy. And, yeah. like, these kind of alternative sci-fi stuff. It's like The Man Who Fell to Earth, the David Bowie films. A yeah. Bit, a bit similar in the way it's kind of, like, trying to sort of illustrate humanity. Mm. Uh, like, and, and someone's, like, learning about humanity again. Mm. But, like, it's shown in a very arty, kind of pretentious way. But, I mean, I actually quite like The Man Who No, Fell but that's the Earth. thing, is that movie is arty and pretentious. But the execution's really good. Yeah. And the point is that when you're watching it... You get what he's trying to do with the artiness mm. and the, the design and the acting and everything. You get what he's trying to do here. Mm. Zardoz, I know what you're doing, but it's done really shitly. Yeah. <laughs> I think now, now that's done, we're now back to reality. And we're away from floating heads and mankinis. We can wrap up this episode. So... To everyone else out there, thank you very much for tuning in. Next time, we might go for a bit of a franchise classic, so I'm not going to give any more of a hint than that. So, for everyone out there, keep an eye on your trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you later, guys. Mm. This podcast...
podcast has been an enigmatic production. It's hosted by Johan Paul and music by Edward Harvey. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio and Buzzsprout. Share it, like it, write a review. For more information on our other projects, check out our website, www.enigmaticproductions.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles. Cinephiles.